All right, I think we can all agree that every new investor struggles with the same issues. They're out there finding deals, they're broke, and there's a tremendous amount of anxiety trying to figure out how to fund these deals once they have them under contract. I was no different. And if you've read my book, The Ultimate Guide to Wholesaling Real Estate, then you'll know that I launched my career by flipping my first few houses using 0% interest credit cards. The rules are a little bit different today than when I did it, but believe me, it can still be done. And there's a company out there that will help you shortcut this entire process. I want you to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash funding, and you can learn about how much you can get in the first round of funding so you can fund your deals. Just complete the quick questionnaire, and they will shoot you back a number as to how much you can expect in a very short period of time so you can get started funding those deals. And over time, those numbers will increase. Now, how well do I know this company? I've been referring this company since 2015, so almost five years. I've had over 100 of my students join this company, and they've raised several million dollars to help these students get funding for their deals. I know this because I know these students personally, and I talk to them very often about the process. The most you can get in your first year is $240,000 worth of potential 0% cash advance money. But even if you only get $100,000, it's better than nothing, and it can make you a small fortune flipping houses. Just go to dpipodcast.com forward slash funding and check it out for yourself. Don't wait until you've lost fifteen dollars or $20,000 to check these guys out. It might be too late if you do that. you got to go ahead and stay, uh, stay ahead of the curve on this one, guys. Go to dpipodcast.com forward slash funding and be prepared to fund the deals when you find them. Let's do it. Welcome to the Discount Property Investor Podcast, where we show you how to buy real estate at a discount so you can create wealth over time and income today. Our mission is to share what we have learned from the experience of others and help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate, the Discount Property Investor way. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth. All right, guys, thanks for joining. Welcome back. This is the Discount Property Investor Podcast. We are welcome today with a special guest, a friend and a St. Louis native, Jeff Kaufman. And of course, your co-host, Mr. Mike Slane, myself, David Dodge. Uh, We want to remind you guys, as always, check out the freewholesalecourse.com. The free wholesale course is jam-packed with tons of information on how to get started wholesaling. Um, and as well, if you are a St. Louis native like Mr. Jeff here, we recommend and suggest checking out the discountpropertyinvestor.com to find local wholesale deals here in the St. Louis market. So today we um, have Jeff Coffin with us. He is a special guest. He is, I would consider to be the lease, I'm sorry, not lease option, subject to expert. That was last week. That was last week. <laughs> the subject to expert here in town. Spoken like a true real estate investor. Uh, today we're wearing this right, hat, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I met Jeff, um, I think it was online several months ago, and uh, we had gotten together uh, for a couple different you know, events and had talked subject to, and he knew the business so well that when I got the leads that would come across the desk, I would either call him for advice or just send him the leads because he was that much better at it, had more experience doing it, and had done a, you know, a couple dozen of these to date. So that's kind of how I met Jeff, and I'm thrilled to have him in here today, and hopefully the listeners and the viewers can learn something about the Subject to Investing game. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, Jeff, would you mind giving us just like a brief description? I mean, what is subject to? I mean, what does that even mean? For, I don't know, your your audience is a, um, I know you target generally a, a newer audience. So for, sure. for the newer folks, um, subject to financing is when you're going to go out and buy a property um, that no matter what amount of equity is in it, you are going to purchase that property, but the financing is going to stay where it's at. The financing from the seller is going to stay in place, and you are going to, I hate to say assume because you're not going to assume the loan. You are going to assume the debt, but you are not going to sign for the debt. So you are going to, okay. Yeah, there's, there's a, a big, great yeah, there's point. There's a big difference between so actually you assume assuming the, the debt, meaning that you're going to kind of like take over responsibility. It's a, it's a bad word to, to, it's a bad way to put it. It really is, but it, but yeah. it, it's true. Right. It's true. Right. So the loan stays in the name of the seller, but you're not just like starting this to mail a check. Like there's actually a closing process and legal documentation. So yes. let's walk through a scenario if you don't mind. Sure. So we actually had a scenario just the other day where we had a lady that said, listen, I'm about to file bankruptcy. Um, it wasn't a good enough deal for us to just cash her out at what she owed for wholesale. Um, but I'm still considering, I'm still working the deal. Um, and, but she was to the point where she was so motivated that she said, listen, if you can just help me, you know, start making these payments, then we'll do whatever we need to do. So it actually may be a deal that we just passed to Jeff after all. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, it was a subject to deal. So she had a lot of questions that I unfortunately wasn't able to answer for her. Um, but I essentially I explained it to her and Mike was in, in the room with me and I said, listen, we're going to take over the payments and, you know, our exit would be to, you know, get a tenant buyer in there because there really wasn't much, much uh, value add for us to do anything else. The house didn't need much. We were going to get a tenant buyer in there and then, you know, hope that tenant buyer was able to cash her out and, you know, two, three, four years, something along those lines. But there was no guarantees. Right. And she had a lot of questions for me that, you know, again, I wasn't able to answer. You know, so so she did she was so there's no equity in the deal, obviously. Well, there was low. a little bit. So in this particular deal, she owed eighty nine seven, like call it ninety thousand. The home was listed for a hundred and thirty. Yeah, you know, she. Ish. I mean, she had a contract accepted. My understanding was right around there, like a hundred and thirty. Right was what I thought she'd said. Right, uh, but there were some some issues with the property, and it was a first time buyer, so they backed out. So again, I think the ARB on the property is probably 120. Mm -hmm. I mean, so the, the property is probably worth 120, 130, somewhere right. in that range. And everything was tip top minus the plumbing that was under the ground. Mm -hmm. So like, it didn't need paint. It didn't need a new roof. It Snap. didn't need windows. It was it was move-in ready. And it was quite honestly, one of the cleanest houses I've ever been in. It was a two bedroom, <laughs> one bath, full basement. I mean, it was cleaner than my house and yeah. I'm a neat freak. Was it she was okay with the, with the long-term situation? Was she okay with uh, one or two or three year? Um, so we're still talking with her and negotiating with her, and it seems to me like she would be interested in that. She just needed more information about how the whole process goes, you know, because there actually is a closing that takes place. Sure. And then there's a way to obviously structure that strategically. Well, and what we say, I mean, Dave said it, we're not the experts on subject two. Right. So I guess we didn't really position it that well because we're not as familiar with it. Sure. So, I mean, how would you talk to a seller in this situation? I mean, what would you, how would you present So, that just to, to give it? you all the figures, she owed 90, the house was probably worth between 120 and 125, and there was essentially about $10,000 worth of plumbing that needed to be done. Now, again, it's, this wasn't like you drive up and you're like, oh, this needs plumbing. It was all hidden. It's all underground. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but had, that was she had the bid. There was she, actually tape from the contractors where they on marked. the concrete, right? Yeah. So she she was she what was super nice because she was full full disclosure with us. Yeah. She said, well, hey, there's a plumbing issue here. She, it was a sewer lateral line and whatnot. She felt her alternative was foreclosure or bankruptcy. So, so she I mean, could she, no longer afford that because it was actually listed <laughs> currently, but she was canceling the listing. Mm -hmm. So obviously, that's reason. how you're going to make your. Um, that's how you're going to. Plead your case to to your to your client is right. Her ultimate motivation. Mm -hmm. I mean, she seems like just from what you're explaining, she seems like the perfect candidate right. for. They have to be motivated, right? For a subject to deal, right? I mean, she's she's prime. Um, I guess the way that I would handle that is um, I don't ever point number point number one. Um, I never ever mention the word subject to 
to really? a client. Ever. Very interesting. I never do. Good to know. Lesson okay. number one. We are not experts. Self. It is, uh, <laughs> it's, um, I've done it before, okay. uh, twice, right. and it's killed me both times. I knew they were good deals. Right. Um, so instead of that, what do you, how do you pick? Yeah, so I mean, talk to us I like will, you or her or something. I get, it kind of put me on the spot, but I, I would <laughs> generally, um, I'll, I'll put it in, in, in a way that makes them feel more comfortable. And I, it's like, it's sort of like asking them what they owe on their mortgage. Like that's not a comfortable question for a lot of people. Right, right. But kind of the way I put it is, um, you know, this is probably not going to be a, a there's not a, not a lot of teeth in this or not a lot of uh, room in this deal. Right. So, um, I mean, either we're, we're probably going to have to pass on it. Um, but I do have some creative solutions if you want to hear about it. Right. Would you like to hear about it? Absolutely. Um, so if that's their, if that's right. a response. Right. Okay. Right. Um, they say yes. I say, well, um, one option that's open to us is you can do a short sale. Mm-hmm. I, I go through all the other options before I get to smart. Make your option look the best. The, right. What is the mm-hmm. ultimate goal? You the, last one you hear, the last one you hear <laughs> is usually the best. The, the best last one. one you're going to remember, and it's the best option. Right. It's old sales. Right. Um, so I, I will just say, you know, go through the short sale, go through the foreclosure. Sure. Um, say you can put put a, put a couple dollars in it, sell it on the market, put it on the market, and then I'll just say. Uh, Said, or we have a program where um, we can come in. Now, if this is a, if it's a, it's different. It's a long-term deal, right? Uh, which I love long-term deals. But mm-hmm. um, if it's a short-term deal, what I'll say is, not a lot in it. We'll probably need to get somebody in here to get this mortgage whittled down for us a little bit. Get get a tenant in here right. to pay pay some of this off. I said, but it will require, uh, it will require the loan to stay in place. Right. Um, we'll we'll get on title, we will immediately start taking over payments, um, and we generally won't drag it out any longer than 24 months. And that's how we'll, that's how we handle it. And it's, it's, that's the pitch. Uh, For the most and, part. Yeah, I guess. It's just, I, like I know said, it's it just different. depends on the situation, right, too, because right. uh, uh, I'll actually close on a, uh, on a probate deal tomorrow. No shit. Uh, totally, totally different situation um, where this was just an inherited property, got beneficiary deeds um, involved, and they, I didn't have to do any of that. It was cool. just basically just, we don't want to pay for this, what can you do? Here's a thousand dollars. Was it skinny, or did they just not? No, it's a pretty good deal. Awesome. Pretty good deal. Cool. Those no, are exciting. Not, yeah. Those are exciting. Not Absolutely. Not, I was going to end up, I was going to lease that one out, not to get off topic sure. here, but I ended up getting a cash offer for it. So, cool. So I took that instead. But, um, no, I guess uh, I guess really, it just all depends on the situation. But if you want to get into the process of in, you know how this actually goes down, once you have uh, someone that needs this explained to them, right? And, and you know, right. Um, so what I would do next is just tell them like, <clears throat> you know, they start asking about it. I would say, um, you know, this is a normal sale. There's nothing abnormal about this sale. The only thing that's different is that. Is that this uh, this mortgage is going to stay in place? We're going to pay it. Um, we're on the hook for it. You have no. You have. Uh, we're on title. You have no. Um, no other association to this property, other than that that lien. And um, and we close on it at a closing company. We we just like a normal closing. We right. Sit it's at a great a table, way to describe. Sit it. at a beautiful table like this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. And. We close on it. Awesome. Yeah. So if they say, so the, I love the way that you worded it because you kind of killed a lot of the objections before mm-hmm. they even had them, mm-hmm. which is super, super smart to do that. So mm-hmm. whenever they say, okay, that sounds great. Um, however, what do you mean it stays in my name? Am I responsible for it? So I would imagine sometimes, maybe not every time, but those questions may arise. Right. So sure. ha- handling Almost objections. every time they arise. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, an objection would be, is just to be very transparent with them. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to stay in your name. Yes, it's on your credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just go into my track record, right. which is you know I've closed I closed nine of these deals last year. I'm on my fourth one this year. It's awesome. So, um, and I will get into payments mm-hmm. sooner, uh, sooner sooner than later. Mm-hmm. But uh, I say I'm I'm responsible for these payments, and 
um, I just I just kind of pound that in. Right, you know, right, make, right. Make sure that that's known that it's not their problem I anymore. I don't miss payments. Um, worse, worse comes to worse. If they ask what the worst worst case scenario is, worst case scenario is I need the property back to you. That's the absolute worst thing that can happen. Right. Um, otherwise, our company's on the hook for it. Right, and you got a great track record, which is right super helpful too. Um, which I do want to. I do want to. Uh, today, I want to come clean on one thing. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Let's I hear it. I have missed one payment, and for all the listeners out there, right, never, ever, ever miss a payment. Just a single one it is the this the single payment. It was. It's still rearing its ugly head. Uh oh. And what it was, was I had a, um, it's a property, I actually still have the property, and I, I had thought I had it sold. And it was coming into that grace period when that payment was due, so I was like, well, we'll just get this sold, we won't have to make another payment. Well, got away from me, um, and I ended up missing that payment. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I have bad relations with that with that seller. With so, that seller. But don't you still have the property in, in your name. I do. It's deeded in my So name. worst case scenario, like you said, you could always deed it back to them, but I'm sure you put the fire out. I did. So I the make that payment on the 15th every month now. Right, <laughs> right. The, the previous month, the month Oh, wow. It's so it's your yeah. uh, super I ahead. I don't mess around with it anymore. Super yeah. ahead. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, let's talk real quick, though, about <laughs> seller relations because, I mean, my understanding, again, no experience with it, but you do have a bit of a longer relationship with the seller mm -hmm. at this point, right? Uh, because the mortgage is in their name, so they're getting the mortgage statements, and I mean, you've got to get those from the sellers. Is that no. correct, or how's that work? <clears throat> the way that I work it, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the way that I will do it is once I have it under contract, we agreed on, on a closing on a closing date. Mm -hmm. I have two options: I can either close it myself, or I can close it with a with a title company. Um, what do you prefer? I prefer to close it myself mm -hmm. just because I can go out and do a title search if I know that the title's clean. Like, I'll go out and I'll hire a title company, and for 150 bucks, I get a full title search. Don't get a, you know, don't get a uh, preliminary or anything like that. Uh, pay for the full title search. Get it back. Have them sit down and read it to you how mm -hmm. they would, if, if, just as if you were going to close. Sure. Um, once I'm comfortable with knowing that there are no outstanding liens on it other than the mortgage, mm -hmm. I feel comfortable having them just quit claim that property to me. Okay. And that's what I usually do. Okay. Um, and you may or may not give them anything. You may give them nothing. You may give them a thousand or usually it's a small amount of money. Try and make it win-win. Right, uh, so right. I think the very first deal that I ever did, I literally just, I was in it for $10,000. So, um, which we can get into that uh, in a little that's bit. That's what but, you put into, that's what you put down? That's what I, I actually brought her mortgage current. Oh, wow, oh. okay. And, and in exchange for that, <clears throat> I got that. So. Right. And she walked away with, with nothing on that one. Other so than talk about a real win-win. Hopefully you made money on the deal, I'd imagine you did. But it was my very first deal. But you saved was, her from foreclosure. Well, yeah. he's talking about it like it wasn't his best deal either. Right. So yeah. to me, I mean, it sounds like a win-win Sounds win, like win a great deal, no. hell yeah. And it sounded um, like uh, he's feeling too generous on that right. one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I didn't, it was the first deal, I had really no idea, and this is where I kind of fell into subject two. I sure. really didn't have it planned out. Mm -hmm. And um, I decided, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna catch her ringer current, which a lot, you know, I'm a little smarter than that now. I don't think that I would use my own cash to do that now. Mm -hmm. uh, I did do it then. Um, so it put me at a little bit of a risk. Uh, I was in for 10,000. Uh, I walked away at the closing table with a $41,000 check. So minus the ten that I was in. That's a huge so, deal, man. Thirty k profit. Yeah, that was my first one. And I thought, well, let's find a little better way to let's do these things. Let's find some more of those. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, so that's how that first one went down. Um, so so you anyway, good. Please. Um, as far as closings go, there, there are a handful of title companies in the city, and I'm sure there are um, across the country. You know, there's a lot of. I know, I know in Ohio, you have to use a, uh, a closing attorney. But um, plenty of title companies over right. on this stuff. Um, so you can close it. You can get a, a, a warranty deed issued, or you know you can issue one to your to your buyer, um, whether it's retail, you know anybody, and they will just exclude that mortgage out of that 
out of that in, out of that title policy, out of that insurance policy. Out of that policy. Right. Okay. So I have so many questions. Yeah, Are you guys ready for the yeah, fire round? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> so I I have done one subject two deal, and I probably had made every mistake that you can make. Um, but I wanted to do one, and I wanted to kind of learn the process, and I didn't. I really didn't learn the process very well. <laughs> But I did do one of the deals. And the way that I did it was we did close on it um, with a local company. The mortgage stayed in the seller's name, but I didn't have any access to the mortgage because I wasn't fully intending on paying it off in about eight months to a year, which I did. Mm -hmm. It was a very small, small, small deal. Um, but for the first five, six, seven <clears throat> months that I owned it, I literally had her most recent statement that I was photocopying you were just making a payment. And just and making a payment on behalf of her for right, the most part. Right. Now we did go to the title company prior and it had moved over from her name into my company's name. Mm -hmm. And I guess I got lucky because they didn't call the loan due or nothing had happened. But I would imagine that there's our strategies to where A, they can't go pull a second mortgage or mm -hmm. a third mortgage or whatever you'd call it, a line of credit on their home. There was probably a way to prevent them from doing that. And B have some there sort of. There was probably you're saying. That no, I'm right? saying oh, there, okay. there probably is that I okay. didn't know about. Well, you're, if you're on title, then they then they couldn't do it. Right. Okay, so that would be a way to prevent it. Right. But um, I didn't have access to the mortgage though, mm -hmm. so I would imagine that there are strategies in which or things that you can do to where you kind of have more transparency on their loan because essentially sure. property becomes yours. You know, via yeah, the so deed. Is, I think that was but there's a lien. Too. Like, how do you know about the loan stuff? My process is <clears throat> there. Are, well, first I'll have I'll have them sign a um, a release. Um, what do they call that? The uh, mortgage information, like the um, yeah, so it puts you a release of information. So, yeah. so that way you can contact Chase or Bank of right, America, right. Or whoever, and say I need more information <clears throat> on right. this loan. Right. They'll look up and they'll see your name I do that and immediately. give That's it to you. first thing. I don't even get it under contract. I mean, you I, I want to know before I get into that deal. If they're late, if, if they're current, right. what the numbers I, are, so interest that's rate, what I do. everything. I fax it to them. They fax me back a, uh, a payoff. That way I know. Got it. Um, once I do have it under contract, I call it my um, honeymoon period. Mm-hmm where you know they, they're signing everything they're just going crazy so it, within <laughs> hopefully that, they're happy about it they are they right. generally yeah right i mean i tell them about this way before i before i actually do it but what i'll do is i have them sign a uh, uh, limited power of attorney okay um and i will file it with that mortgage company mm -hmm. and that is for the life of the loan it's for the life of the loan so right. limited power of attorney meaning that it's limited to just that that to that to that, to that mortgage okay it's limited to just that mortgage mm -hmm. and you can call them anytime as long and you know in the, on that power of attorney it has the seller's social security number it has you know all of their information you're going to need that they're going to ask you when you call in right to get this information right and um i've not had a problem with it the other thing is i require them to give me any online um if they bank online with a mortgage company i have a little form i have them give me all their login information all that this would have solved your problem right um I, I log in there. I change the mailing address for the statements. Um, I change any contact. I also send. I also send the mortgage company a uh, no contact form, so they are no longer calling the the seller. Okay. Um, but I will change all of that mortgage information to my company. To your company. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Any any correspondence that happens now happens with me. Awesome. They're still free to call in if they choose. Right. Um, and hopefully it's not your limited power of attorney. And that may be one happen. of the that may be one of the ways to handle an objection right there is say, listen, if you want to log into your own to, to, to the bank statements mm -hmm. or online banking at any time to see that the payments are being made, feel free. Sure. I just make it a requirement. Right. I mean I don't just flat out I don't give them the option. If I right. can't I mean you want me to make that payment. Right. You don't. So I need to. You need to make it easy for me to make right. the payment. You, you, you definitely Got want it. me to make okay. that payment. Hey, so. that's really good information. So by having the the deed transfer from their name to yours, they, they can no longer go get a second <coughs> a second mortgage on that property. However, you can. That's this this property is now an asset to you. Cool. You're on title. Did you? A know lot that? of people talk that's about. Cool. A lot of people talk that. about lease options. Mm -hmm. Lease options are great. I use them. I will continue to use them. Mm -hmm. The reason that I like subject to is because 
you can actually you can actually go pull money out of that property as an asset if you choose. Sweet. It's a little it's a little more difficult just because they're dealing with a first that's it's just a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Right. But you right. can do it. It's an asset you can list it in your uh, you know, list it as an asset on on anything that you need to. Right. So what would be the this is kind of a little different type of question, but what would be the pros and the cons of choosing one closing method over another. So you said you can do like the, the self-close where you can literally meet them at Starbucks and have them sign over the quit claim amongst times. the other documents mm -hmm. versus going to the title company. So what would be like, you know, the advantages of one or the other? Two words, transfer tax. Transfer tax. Quit claim, okay. all you do, all you're doing with a quit claim, and you can have an attorney draw that up. I draw up all my own. Sure. Um, and there's different, different municipalities have different ways they want them. I've had them kicked back a hundred times. Um, but hopefully quick, they just say, "Hey, do this, <clears throat> this differently," or kind of. Well, if you if yeah, if you're smart, you'll go on and you'll look at the prerequisites first. Right. I would just send the same quick claim all, to all these different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they just you know they would kick it back, and every right. time they kick it back, they charge you another fee, mm. or or a penalty. Um, Don't you need a notary on it though too? You do. Well, yeah. So you've got. I mean, it can't be Starbucks necessarily unless you. I, I close it. One I one close it UPS stores. Oh, there you go. And, there you go. Um, that's where all of my final paperwork is signed. Awesome. Nice. Um, Good tip. Didn't know you could do that. I did yeah. not know that either. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but so transfer tax is the main reason. Okay. So you, through a title you, company, you would have it. I would imagine. If you're gonna, if you're going to, um, if you're gonna go the general warranty deed mm -hmm. route, you're probably gonna have a transfer tax. Okay. Uh, you do have to fill out something called a. Um, What's transfer tax? I mean, I'm, I've done hundreds of deals. I have no idea. It's just one of the fees at a mortgage company when you when you transfer title from one person to another, you pay. It's not a tax necessarily. It's a, um, I think they call it, it. I don't know if they call it a fee. Um, uh, it's just a transfer fee that the, that whatever municipality you're in charges you at closing for. Closing hmm. moving it, it from one yeah, person to another. Crazy. So. So, th so, so you have the transfer out. tax for the most part, regardless of what it's called in the paperwork on the HUDs. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you do it through a title company, they're gonna handle all the recordings. So you right. have to then handle that on your own if you don't do it through the title Correct. company, right? Yep. Which is easy, just go up to the city's office and pay them to record the docs, I right? I actually signed up with um, um, EPN. So you just do online. it online? Do it in my basement. No way. Yep. Do it <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah, that's nice. That's super cool. Um, they have a little tool where you line up the margins and all this stuff. Right. And, and uh, yeah, just do it right in my Stick it right in there. Yeah. Interesting. How much does that cost? That's a couple hundred bucks a year, isn't it? Something like that? No, it's free. Uh, the, the filings are slightly more. But it, okay, it that's beats having to go down and yeah, no right, parking right. and all that crap. Between but still, you're not spending and, you're not yeah. spending more than forty or fifty bucks. Thirty five dollars, right? I think. Yeah, that's yeah, like it's ten dollars more than what we're using. Yeah, right. yeah, so it's um, pretty cheap. You know, man. it's actually it's probably about the same as getting it done through the title company. I'm sure they mark it up a couple bucks too. Right. Now, what yeah. about the dreaded due on sale clause? Right. How I'm sure answer? that all the Does listeners are are wondering. I know I'm wondering. I've heard about this this scary do on sale clause, and I didn't have to worry about it with my subject to deal. I, I, sh I shouldn't say I didn't have to worry about it. It I didn't. I wasn't affected by it. Mm -hmm. And then I've also heard other people that do a lot of subject to deals. They will uh, put. They'll create an entity with like the name of the person or the address or yeah, something real complicated. It, right, and, it, and shady is the wrong word, you know, because it's a legit entity. But it's almost kind of like smoke and mirrors. Yeah, they're trying to deceive the mortgage company, basically. From thinking that it transferred out of their name. So, right. again, I don't really, it doesn't matter at this point, but I was just curious, like, do you have a workaround with that, or what's the what's um, the trick? As far as due on sale goes, I couldn't tell you because it's... Never happened to have it. Never, never happened. Even, no, never, what I don't even know anybody that's ever happened to it. Me neither. What about sellers? Heard about it, though. What about the sellers? You know? I mean, when they say something like that, well, what about, or do they never bring it up? I tell them the same thing. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't well know. played sir All yeah right. and if that happens then we'll deal with it yeah. right but at this point I've done a bunch of these and it just doesn't happen just if, doesn't the, if happen. the bank's getting their money they don't care that's, yeah and that's kind of the way I see it yeah I mean it just goes back to pay make the payment just no matter what just make the payment right I mean don't be stupid like I was and, and miss a payment right make the payment you won't have well it sounds like you learned a valuable oh lesson God. there though you know I it, Immeasurable. I right. mean, it's just, I just, 
Right. So there so is one other thing, and I and I don't even know the right question to ask. Uh, so I apologize because I'm ignorant. And Sounds like you, all my questions. You might know, you might not know. <laughs> so there's also um, the seller. Another p- potential objection would be, well, what if I want to get a mortgage again in mm. a couple of years? Good question. And my understanding is there's something surrounding Dodd Frank or one of those uh, laws that came out that said if someone um, is still on a mortgage after two years of the mortgage is being paid, it doesn't actually affect their uh, lending or their credit worthiness or something right. like that. I, like, again, I just, again, I'm pretty ignorant just trying to throw no, that out. I think you're right on. A, um, it's generally like a, um, what they'll do is they'll consider your, it, it would be just like you moving out of your house mm-hmm. and you renting out your house and you're going out to buy a new one. Mm-hmm. Your old one is considered an investment property. It's considered a, a, a rental. Um, as long as you can go out and get another mortgage, now you've got an investment property, which if you own it for longer than a year, obviously you know you're getting long-term capital gains on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's no different than that. It's absolutely, they can go out, gotcha. if they've so got the credit score, they can go out so and get it, a loan. So, so they're not showing income necessarily from it, but they're not. No, they can show in. And yes, after, um, <clears throat> if it, I, I can't remember the exact rule, but if it's, I wanna say it's a year. Mm-hmm. So let's say that they're gonna move to another state and that'll be one thing that I have told somebody before. You know, why would you why would you want to get involved? You're moving, you're getting out of a house now. Why are you gonna? Why, it's part why of your you bitch. Just, you know, right. Why don't you just go see what's out there? Mm-hmm. You know, um, not pushy about it, but yeah. Why would I you want to manage a property that's hundreds right. of miles away? And so, uh, but yeah, that that is a that is definitely a thing. And I think, not a lawyer, so I I, I don't know uh, the exact uh, rules and regulations on it, but. I think it's after. I think it's after. I want to say it's after a year, and you can actually use the income off of that. So, well, as, a, as the if you're an owner and you're renting it, you can. Oh yeah, yeah. I but I'm saying if saying. if it's a subject to seller, they wouldn't necessarily have income to claim. That's true. They would just have. Yeah, they would, I, uh, I would check with your. I would check with your. Yeah. So again, consult yeah, with a mortgage broker. Right. Or broker or, uh, but I mean, right. if they could show, which they would easily be able to do by logging into their online banking, mm-hmm. the, the payments, are being, payments are being made, even if they're not making those payments, it shouldn't matter. I think well, at that point it would come down to debt to income. And, debt to income, you know, right. So. so I guess the takeaway is is that it's probably case by case, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that seller won't be able to get another mortgage. It's probably going to complicate it and make it a little bit more difficult for them, <clears> of course, but I would think that they I, could still yeah. get another mortgage. I would just say, you know, it might not be worth your time. Right. You know. Right. I can't help you. I'm sorry. You know, right. I mean, if you're not willing to do it, I just can't help you. Right. That's and that right. has happened. Sure, sure. Let's uh, talk about exit strategies. So, you've done a bunch oh, of these. I did want. Let me interrupt you for please, just a second. Please. You were talking about entities. Before. Entities. Yes. Yes. Um, so, <clears throat> you can buy a property like this in any any way you want. You buy it personally. Okay. A lot of people like to put them in trusts. Okay. I like to put them in an LLC. That's my. That's your that's go-to. My preference. Yeah, and we we talked about this before. Right. Um, I like an LLC because um, once I go get my insurance in that LLC on that property, and I will name insurance was a question I had too. Mm-hmm. I will name that property eerily similar the address, to either the right? address, which is what I just did on this one, right. or I'll There's make, nothing wrong with that. I okay, make, so that is that is a good. I mean, that is a smart thing to do, then, right? right? So you I have one LLC. for mine. You know, I don't know. I don't. I've never tested it, so I've never, <laughs> right. I've never been called. I've never been called. Uh, right. Do on sale or anything. So. So whoever you have learned from or questioned, it was just something you picked up along the way. Right. And that's right. The way that you're doing. I have two properties that I didn't even buy subject to that are the property address LLC. Yeah. So it's not like it's a, a lot of guys. It's not an odd thing to do. That set up trust, and every one of the properties is the property address trust. Trust. And then, right. Yeah, right. So I mean, it's not uncommon. Yeah. So I mean, it is a clever trick, though, to kind of get the, to prevent the do on sale scenario. Yeah, nobody's going to look it's, further. Yeah, than that. it's like um, that's a really common one to put right. it, make an address. I, I do it on most of them with the the uh, mortgagee's name, which is cool too. LLC John W Smith LLC. LLC. So you're just the registered agent on the LLC. That's right. And, and the I'm LLC's the name is third. The How creative operator. is that, though? I love it's it. Pretty funny. It's like great. Um, yeah. The number one. Do they know that, or does it not even matter? I do. They have to. I, do I you tell them right up front. I'm gonna I said I'm gonna create an LLC. It's gonna look eerily similar <laughs> I love to your it. name. Yeah. And uh, I haven't had a problem with it. Not, not a problem. One, not one problem. I like that better. But than you the know what? The address, transparency, man, I think, is the biggest thing. 
telling them, hey, I'm going to create this Absolutely. entity. I'm either going to name it the address. I'm going to name it the name of, of who's on the mortgage. It's going to either have LLC or trust behind it and let them know that versus just doing that. And then yeah, whatever I mean, happening later, you miss payments. They get all mad and then they're like looking into it and they see that they have some LLC out there with their name on it. And, because to them it could be really confusing. Like, yeah, no, who no. owns the LLC? Just because it's your name doesn't mean you yeah, own yeah, it. Yeah, you definitely got to let them know. Just right, be right. I, I tell them, I was like, I'll just say, you know, um, I just do this because it 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 takes some of the um, takes some of the light off the fact that you've just moved this this over. Just tell them, tell them the way it is. Yeah, know? just tell them. How I love that transparency. But again, it's a creative way to keep the mortgage company from just. Mm -hmm. It's it, there's no red flags. It's right. Basically, you're, the transfer preventing the transfer smooth. Yeah. Right. He said he said it best: smoke and mirrors sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not well, intentional. But it's not a bad thing. It's, no. but it's not a bad. Right. A lot of people do it. A lot of people do it. Like for instance, I, I have two rental properties, of North County. I do it, and I don't even I didn't even do subject two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wanted to I wanted to touch on uh, the number one reason why I do put these in LLCs. Um, if you're ever in a situation where you've got a buyer for this property right and you know maybe it's a quick selling maybe it's a fast sell or maybe there's a, a lien or some kind of encumbrance on the on the title and you know but this buyer wants to get it he can clear it up later you can just sell the LLC you can just literally it's a private transaction behind the scenes I will just I'll create a bill of sale hand it to that buyer the insurance stays in place there's no title transfers. There's no nothing. The LLC owns it. It's just who owns the LLC now. Um, and that's not. Wow. <clears throat> I have. That's I have cool. Sold, that's I really have sold cool. Some uh, that way, uh, and it works really, really well. Now, whenever that happens, how do you handle that with the seller? Because you're the one that has the relationship with them. Do you have paperwork that you that you put in place on day one, day zero, day no. one? You know, go, so on to say. That this could potentially be sold, or does it just get sold? Uh, they're notified of that. I never put any of that in writing, though, right? Because you just never know what's going to happen. You never know. I True. mean, I, I try not to make, definitely try not to make any promises I can't keep. Right. I mean, right. I don't know that. Of, that's, of course, of course. You know, I have no clue mm -hmm. um, what's going to happen to that property. Right. Um, the goal is to get it out of the LLC and sell it to somebody. Right. But I'm just saying, if you had to. Sure. Sure. Well, it gives had, you more options. Right. Right. If you had to, uh, I'm not sure about. A trust. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that you can do that with a trust. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know 100. But um, this is a simple private sale. Um, there are no kinds of crazy taxes or, you know, right. the, the person just assumes that LLC. It's awesome. It's theirs. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk insurance. Mm -hmm. Seller has house. You buy house subject to. You close either privately or at a title company. We've kind of come through all that. Mm -hmm. Um, you now have all of their mortgage information. You now have a limited power of attorney, and you now have um, I guess title. I guess you'd have <laughs> in title, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm trying yeah. to think. There's another document in there, wasn't there? Am I missing, missing something? Well, I've got the limited uh, power of attorney. Oh, the lease of information. <clears throat> so okay. yeah, uh, the process is that's what I was contract, thinking. release of information. Mm -hmm. Then my signing period, where right. I get everything signed. That's my it's anything. Um, anything needs to be notarized. I put it all in one package. Okay. Um, head up to UPS. Right. Um, that's going to include my. Um, I have like a distressed seller um, acknowledgement type thing okay. um, that I have them notarize. I do a uh, limited power of attorney. Mm -hmm. um, tax and escrow refunds. Uh, I am not going to be hunting people down, so I have a notarized document where I have um, any taxes and escrow that they have coming back to them at the end of the year they become the companies um, yeah and then from there we're on title you're on title so then we can get to insurance um, insurance I love to escrow it I hate paying well that, yeah. Yeah, that was gonna be my next I, question I, just hate, I hate paying yeah so question one would be how do you handle the insurance part of it and then number two would be which go, falls hand in hand is if you if the mortgage isn't escrowed already, you know most are I would imagine, but if it's not or escrowed for taxes and insurance, mm -hmm. then do you have to? Is that a different <clears throat> process? You know, so on and so forth. Uh, so. Well, first, make sure you're buying the right type of insurance. If it's going to be vacant for a while, make sure it's vacant. Um, 
and make, it, make sure it's a vacant policy. Vacant policy, yep. Make sure you got a landlord policy if you're going to put people in there. Mm -hmm. um, and insurance is literally a matter of me calling up my broker, saying I just bought this property, I need a vacant policy on such and such address in this LLC, and I need an escrow. And that's it. It's immediately accepted by the by the um, by the mortgage company. It is. No shit. Yeah, and there's a there seems to be like a. a and if it's not already escrowed, they'll start escrowing it. Well, you have to switch insurances because you're, you're 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 switching the deed over to your new you're company now, you're now or whatever. Right? So whoever right. is on to, that's that was going to lead into my next uh, statement was there's a misconception I think that that your that insurance is complicated because you've got a mortgage here and you've got a different person on title. The fact of the matter is whoever is on title must be on the insurance policy. That if you if your house burns down and you've got you know this person's name, the mortgagee mm -hmm. uh, on that insurance policy, they're not gonna they're not gonna pay for that house. Mm. It has to be who is on title. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So why would somebody do the whole additional insured? Um, I guess if you're additional, the only way that I would do additionally insured is if I had a tenant in there. I make my tenants be put me down as additionally insured. Got it. I don't. They don't. The, the uh, I've not had a problem. Let's just right. say that. Okay. Good, uh, I've good not, deal. I've not put the the mortgagee or the you know the mm -hmm. seller on my policies. Mm -hmm. um, so if, so if this, so if you buy one and the seller already has an insurance policy, you call your guy yes. and you get a new one, mm -hmm. and then you may even have that guy be able to cancel the current one. I'd imagine, right? Or, right. So you got to understand that. The mortgage or girl could be a girl. The the mortgage company doesn't <laughs> care. That's right. The mortgage company cares about the asset. They don't care about whose name is on it. You right. Know, they, right. So they want to make sure that their that their investment asset, and asset right. is covered. Right. 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 So you, so it's whoever is on title is is what the insurance has to be placed in. I figured it'd be a lot harder than like so more confusing, I. but it's, it's pretty simple. It's funny because you're talking to somebody who's done it, says, oh, you know, you just call them up and they do it. It, right. it is, it's, it's not that hard. It's Nothing really not. Really Literally, bad. I mean, I it's insurance good. is like the least of my worries. Yeah. The, big, the biggest worry I have is, you know, paying with my credit card over the phone. That's the, that's right. the biggest worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, so you just call them up, have them change it over into your name. Um, so would it be Jeff Kaufman or would it be one two three ABC Street. It'd be whatever LLC. The LLC, because that's who's that's on right. title, like you that's said. Right. Okay, has to match who's on title. That's right. Yep. Okay, and I guess you, I guess you could do the additionally assured into your name, but it's not really required because you own the LLC. Right. I think you're. I'm trying to overcomplicate. Right. Yeah. Keep yeah. it simple. Okay. Yeah. As long cool. as you're, you know, I'm a, it's a sole member uh, LLC, so the LLC benefits if if something were to happen to that property. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So assuming that that was a great explanation, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. So. Assuming that you take over one of these subject two, mm -hmm. which blows my mind that you don't ever say subject two to them, but that's crazy yeah. and yeah. awesome. Yeah, scares them off. Right, I guess yeah. it does. I guess it does. Because then they go and they start looking. They they go out on the internet and they see subject two, and then you know, with any business, there's always positives and negative, but they're always going to focus on the negative. I just don't tell them. I just don't tell them what it's called. Right. If but they, it doesn't matter. If they do find out, it has happened to me. If they do find out, I say, well. Some people you know, call it, it that. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's a great, it's a great option. <laughs> right. It's it's, a, right. it's something that can definitely help you out. Right. And if you're wondering whether or not this is a scam, I was, and probably many people have heard this before, but I'll say go go check out line five hundred three mm -hmm. on a HUD one. Not that many, not that we're issued HUD ones anymore. Sure. We get these Alta statements now. Mm -hmm. But um, say so go check out line five five hundred three, mm -hmm. and that is your official government seal of approval. Um, right there, it's it's actually a, a legal thing. We're not doing anything illegal here. It's just you've not heard of it right this way before. What is line five hundred three for all the listeners it, and it, viewers? <clears throat> line five hundred three on the HUD is the. Uh, it actually says loans taken or uh, title taken subject to existing finance. So it says it right there on the right. statement. Sure does. Never know. I think it's that. line yeah, two hundred one on the seller side and five hundred three on the blow right side. by it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So another question. Um, you buy one that's not escrowed. Mm -hmm. So does that complicate the deal at all? Start an escrow. You just have the mortgage company. Because yep. I guess at this point you have the they have the uh, limited power of attorney, so you can act on behalf of them. Mm -hmm. So you just call them up and say, "Listen, I got insurance in place. 
I either owe taxes or I just paid them, whatever the case is, I want you to start escrowing. Your insurance company will just send them a mortgage, a, um, what do they call that? It's a, um, I'm zoning right now, I can't think of the name of it, but it's handled through your insurance company. They'll just say, we want this escrow. Well, it's escrow. Yeah. It's escrow, well, right. Escrow, so in the, in the text message <laughs> or the email you send to your insurance guy, you just yeah. say it in there it's and then they handle right. it. It's all yeah. one Man, big it's swoop. so simple. It's, so, it's crazy simple. It's so simple. So, Holy cow. Is there anything that we haven't asked, or I mean, what part of the, what aspect of the deal do you think? Uh, I mean, you don't think of when you're starting out or just starting. Mm, there's, I would say. What didn't we talk about? You know, <laughs> right. I, mean, I would just say the education of it. Uh, I fell into it. And I made tons and tons of mistakes with this. I mean, but that's why you're the expert now, though, man. Man, I, you tell you, I told you, and I talked to you before about this sure. uh, this condo that I have. Um, or had I finally finally sold that thing, mm -hmm. and it nearly killed me. Um, if it were a normal sale, uh, the, so just to explain this a little bit with condos and um, community living areas like that. Read their bylaws. You right. Know, I mean, was it, it an is, FHA thing? It was an FHA thing. Right. It was also a a rental thing, and I I was aware of both of those. Right. When I got into it. Oh yeah, I remember telling you that. And. I knew the rental thing. I knew it was going to be a flip. Right. I knew it was just going to. I was just going to put it right back out on the market, fix it, put it on the market. But I, I missed the FHA. Mm -hmm. They will not fund a you know this. It's a certain percentage. I want to say it's 40 percent of the units in this. Of all the units in the complex, could only be FHA. The right. rest of them had to be and conventional. There's, there's a. It's going on across the street right now in Brentwood Forest here, right. where there's like a waiting list for. I want to say it's like 15 or 18 months to even rent it because there's so many rentals there now that the people that are moving in aren't able to get FHA because the rental percentage is high. So yeah, I think it's 40-ish percent. Mm -hmm. And it may vary from from you know areas and states and whatnot, but right. so you were close on there and it affected you? Oh, or were you limited huge, on your on your huge, buyers? Huge. So you couldn't you couldn't sell it then? You kind of got stuck? Right. Is that the... Right. You I could had, sell it, you just couldn't sell it thing. to a buyer that needed the FHA yeah, loan. To a right. buyer that could, that wanted to could actually right. buy it. Right. 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 I mean, I, I had... Uh, it sat a total total length on the total total hours on the uh, sitting on the MLS, um, and that's another thing I'll talk about. Um, total hours was maybe twenty six, <laughs> and I had four different buyers, four different people. One submitted offers. First day it sat on for three hours. I got an offer. Uh, second day, um, I think it was like six. The second day was the longest one. After after that one couldn't get financed, I put it back on the market. Sat on there for six hours. Next one was like three hours, and finally, the actually, I'm kind of uh, fibbing a little bit. The last two contracts that I had on it were from the same buyer. Sure. And now but, they were, but that's like, I mean, come on. That's and the immediate. reason they couldn't get financed, they couldn't get the FHA loan because right? no, because the complex would not allow FHA. They were already at their limit. They could only do conventional financing, and this this person had. So you're saying that? So maybe I'm going to be schooled here for a second, yeah, which I'm is totally possible because I'm mm -hmm. wrong most of the time. <laughs> so you're saying that there's a limit both on the percentage of rent of rentals. First of all, as there were, there well were no as a rentals limit. allowed in this place. Okay, so that, that eliminates that. Right. Because what I was just mentioning across the street well, here was the, and it was the was the percentage okay. of okay. rentals to even allow an FHA Buyer. loan to be able to come in. So gotcha. that I think we're talking about two different things. No, I'm talking so about what you're totally saying, different exit strategy. Right. So what you're saying flipping. though is you're saying is that there was. 40% of the units already had been purchased using the existing FHA, FHA loans. Correct. Holy cow, I never even heard of that. They never knew about that. It, and I missed it. I totally missed it. And I so they said you can sell it, but not with an FHA buyer. They have well, to go conventional. To which, be totally honest, I had no idea that was even a rule. Right. It's Me it's, neither. Until it's not right a, is that, is, I don't, it's not an FHA rule. It's their, I'm it's just their saying bylaw that, rule. The, the point of the story is that right. all of the, in community like living situations. I know. Yeah. And in community living situations, I, I mean, I would take the time to sit down and literally read every line of their bylaws because right. you just never know. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Well, well I mean, you're almost, talking about the difference of what? What's the FHA three and a half percent and the conventional is typically going to be twenty. So you're talking about sixteen and a half percent difference. Yeah, it's probably like ninety percent of buyers, mm -hmm. Nine, or yeah, more, if not more, or more. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the other, the other thing to look out for, and you guys probably already know this, but. Like, if, you know, as a wholesaler, mm -hmm. if you're going to get into a property and it's a divorce situation mm. um, and you're going to try and pass, you know, sell that contract to mm -hmm. somebody else, if you're going to do subject to, 
be very, very, very paranoid about <laughs> divorce situations. Oh, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. You had to track somebody down one yeah. time, and uh, oh man, it was a nightmare. Tell tell us just sum it up real quick if you don't mind. Tell us sure. the story. Sure, a sure. uh, simple thing. Guy called me up one Friday night. I was heading out to dinner, and uh, and I put his house under contract that night. Told him exactly what was going to happen. No big deal. He agreed to everything. I think by Sunday we were all signed up. Um, minus the so you and him correct right he was already divorced mm -hmm. so I'm thinking awesome yeah. I'll just go pull title I'll see what's out there um, I did a preliminary title search on it and I saw the um, it's a marital, uh, a marital waiver so it's basically a marital waivers given to uh, divorced couples even married couples that don't want any part of of the of the that transaction property. for the most part right, right. right okay well what we didn't know was that that marital waiver was created for a um, for a different buyer mm. not me it was created mm. for somebody else my title company did not like it they didn't accept it and well good it took it took months it took months right. to get that place sold and all it needed you weren't was at old republic were you <laughs> what's that said you weren't over at old republic were you I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, remain, can, to remain nameless. Yeah. I, don't know. We'll I can see that title company. company saying no to that. Uh, that's absolutely who it was with. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing against that <laughs> yeah. company, but they're, they're just very, they're very very conservative. Yeah. We we have problems over there, and you know we'll still use them whenever sellers or buyers mm -hmm. that are doing deals with us wanna wanna use them. You know we're we're open. We'll do it. We want to sure, make it that, easy for right. people. So we'll go back to talking about some companies are harder than others. In the past, we've with. talked about selecting title companies, and you want to find an investor friendly title company. That'd sure. be an example. Right, it's not. Their bread and butter is not investors, right. so they they just want to make yeah. sure they have all their T's and all their I's dotted and crossed to where they know what they're doing. Those were so. super nice people. Don't sure. get me wrong, but I felt like every time I went in there, as I was learning more, I was teaching them, and it's like I, you know I'm, I'm paying you for this when just down the road here, <laughs> you know, from here there's right. fantastic title company. I can't worry about any of it. Right, you're speaking, you're taking words right out of our mouths. Right, we, well, that's a good lesson for other viewers and listeners. Yeah, we absolutely encourage you to go to a title company that can help you, mm -hmm. not the other way around. They're supposed right. to be the experts on it. Right. So, mm -hmm. in that and I'm not trying to bash that particular company. I'm not even talking about that company anymore. I'm right. just talking in general. In general. Yeah, yeah, totally. If you're if you're teaching them something, right, you probably want to find a different title company that can. Uh, figure out what you're doing right and help you along. and help you mm -hmm. yeah and that's one of the things that we love about the two main companies that we use here in town mm -hmm. is that they they work for us so if we have a problem we usually will just email or call them and then it's kind of like they go to bat to try to get that whatever mm -hmm. the issue is handled you know and again if, if awesome. I'm paying a title company exactly I want them to I want work them for to me. do that yeah. exactly well I want to so. go back to the beginning just a little bit because I'll tell yeah. you how I I, um, disclaimer, I am a part-time real estate investor. Which so, is awesome, though. So I do have a W-2, uh, <clears throat> I do have a W-2 job, mm -hmm. um, and that's why when I, f when I f first started looking into this, it was more of a, it was born out of necessity. You know, I need, I, I didn't have the cash to mm -hmm. go out and, and do this. So I guess my point behind that is, um, is education on it. Um, and I would not would not make this your um, primary method of buying houses. It would just be something. I to look at it as an, a very a very advanced strategy of real estate investing. Wow. That's one of the most unique things about when I met Jeff. He's like, I only do subject to deals, and I'm like, that's crazy to me. Well, see, that's what I think too. It's very niche. Like, there's probably only a handful of guys in St. Louis that even do or have done subject to. But deals. you know what else is very unique is the way that he markets is isn't necessarily competing with the way that we're marketing. Mm -hmm. Not that I look at Jeff as a competitor, yeah. but See, he's marketing to people that are that are that fit that profile. Whereas mm -hmm. we're like, we want equity. Yeah, yeah. Thing we got to get equity to make money. The you thing know? is, this can it's great because there's there's it's it spans any list you want to mail. Right. Um, it spans any any uh, equity that you have in any you know any amount of equity you have in a property. You can do it. You know, if you can sell yourself and and uh, and make your seller comfortable you can do it on just about any deal you know and that's that's what i liked about it it's so we should easy. give jeff the deal that we're working on now <laughs> we should and if and, and let him handle it because he's an expert at it mm -hmm. obviously and if there's 10k that needs to be put on the line for the plumber or for the for the sewer we should just put it up because i know that there's 20 30 grand to be made on the property it's just 
Yeah, we'll talk after Organizing the episode. It. Right. Yeah, How do you like that? He's making me an offer right on Right, there. right. Well, I just know you're the guy that can that can get the deal done. Right. So, Somebody you know. Somebody ought to do something with it. Something with and it, right. Well, I'll trade, I'll make, right. It, make it fair trade. I'll make sure that you know how to do it next time. Even better. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> cool. Let's talk about exits real quick. We'll, we'll see here. We're at about 51 minutes. We should wrap this up here pretty quickly. Um, but whenever you go into these subject twos, um, what is your main your main you know exit? Are you looking to fix up and then list? Are you looking to get tenant buyers? Is it deal by deal? Well, first, uh, <clears throat> this is why I got into <clears throat> you know get, getting to know you was because uh, I would get into properties that I wouldn't necessarily want. So I was strictly looking for carpet and paint properties. Right. Uh, I would carpet and paint them, um, and then my main exit strategy was flipping them out on the MLS. But I would do a you know, doing this by myself, I would do a, a flat fee listing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm only paying three percent. I pay I pay the full three percent. Some people don't even do that. Right. So I'll pay the three percent and the flat flat listing fee. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my my primary exit strategy. Mm-hmm. Was just that was my bread and butter. I would just so paint there's, carpet. There's no market like the MLS. You're just not going to beat it. So so that's mm-hmm. that's what I did. Um, and that's what I still lo- like to do. I like right. to do quick in and out. Um, and then, you know, t- trying to network, talk to people who right. are no wholesaling. Of and, course. Because I do come across those other ones. Right. You know? So I'm truly like, when somebody tells you, oh, I, or you see the ads, oh, I come across discount pro- you know, properties all the time. And, and uh, you know, the ones I don't buy, this and that, that truly is me. Right? It is. You know, I, right. I really don't buy everything that I, mm-hmm. that I see, so. Um, but that's my primary exit strategy. Right, so, but again, there's lots of different ways to do those. Any way you want, really. But I guess it creates a, a bigger win for the <clears throat> seller, though, if you are able to paint carpet, you know, whatever the, the repairs that are minimal and quick, mm-hmm. and then you can list it, and even if it takes a couple months, you sell it, you know, you are exiting them from their, yeah. from their issue because their level of motivation had to be high enough for them to right. agree to the, the situation, the subject to situation. And that's another thing that I'll you do know. is I will tell them, you know, I've not had one um, other than that condo. I've not had one go over ninety days. That that so if I'm Man, in, that if is I'm in, quick. And if I'm if I'm in negotiations with them, I'll say. Yeah, I'll, I'll determine. Right, I won't make any guarantees because you just never know. You it never be, know. It could be title problems, whatever. Right. Um, I will say, you know, I've not had one of these go over ninety days. If you can save me the money on the closing costs on on closing twice, um, I'll have it gone in ninety days. And sometimes I'll even pay them out of my proceeds. Like I'll have nothing in the game until I sell. I don't make them a partner, but I will. I will pay them out of those proceeds a little a little more. So what would you, so in, in that particular example, they would continue to pay mm-hmm. any type of fees? It'd all be on you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll say, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make your payments. I'm going to get in here and fix this up, and I'm going to sell it. And, you know, if they're flexible, I'll give them a little more on the back end. Oh, the, I get it. Okay, that, that makes end. sense. Right. So you say you guys can walk with, you know, 2500 bucks. However, you're not getting it today. You're getting it when I sell it. It's going to come out of the 15, 20k that I intend to make. Right. Got it. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. I don't offer them. A, I offer them a flat, a flat fee. Right. No, no percentages, no partnerships, nothing like that. Just right. A, a straight flat fee. I love it. I've that's learned awesome. a ton today. Yeah, that's awesome. And hopefully, we'll create a partner right now too on a deal that we're working, mm-hmm. which will be like pretty that. awesome. I got another so. one for him too. Subject to. You got one behind the curtains I'm back here. The curtain guy here. So. Okay. Cool. Well, let's do that <laughs> one All right, too. Guys. Well, uh, Jeff, is there anything else you wanted to add or plug? or I mean, what are you looking for? How can we help you? I'm not a coach. Uh, I will say that if anybody uh, out there has any questions, you can just ping me on Facebook. Um, you'll see me around Discount Property Investors uh, page. Um, I subscribe to that. A lot of the wholesaling pages I subscribe to. Um, my, my last name is spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, just ping me on Facebook if you have any questions. Um, I'm not going to hand out my phone number. No, we won't suggest that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will answer questions on Facebook or cool. you know, awesome. through email or anything awesome. like that. Cool. So. And if there's any other wholesalers in town or motivated <clears throat> sellers that you know could use Jeff's services, connect with Jeff. Sure. Absolutely. This is, a, this is a really viable alternative to a short sale um, or definitely a foreclosure. Right. Um, and those are those are two primary areas that I bankruptcy that I too. Well, yeah, any any motivated seller situation, but right. particularly when you've got 
no or negative equity. I mean, this is something you can get into, right. and it's just a slam dunk. It's just a love it. It's a great, great. Isn't that cool? That's great. Well, Jeff, yeah. I want you to give us the the closing quote, if you don't mind. Oh no! Yes, I have the voice for this. Oh this, yeah, this requires a big thundering voice. <laughs> Everyone's heard this this quote. Maybe not the last part of it, but um, quote is a quick nickel beats a slow dime, but not a slow quarter. Love it. Think about that. Think about that. <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much for coming in, man. Yeah. We appreciate That's it. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Yep. Appreciate you, man. All right, well, Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. You. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.